This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good morning, uh, Charlie Dobbin. Good morning to you. And Franklin Proctor. And good David Gaskin. Good morning to you. David's our producer. First voice you will hear when you call the Garden Show at in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We spare no expense on this show to bring, you, to bring you the absolute best and the most up-to-date advice. Yeah. So we're always making sure that Charlie is up-to-date. Thank you yes. so much. <laughs> As in, I have a date, or, or <laughs> yeah. we're hoping. Well, it's, it's not. You, let me check the expiry date here. Yes, Just a there's that, too. <laughs> speaking of dates. Okay, what hey, do we got? So oh, mantra, being, mantra, oh, mantra, mantra. I'm sorry, yes. Please. Call early, call often, one question per call. That's right. <clears throat> and we're happy to hear from you. And I've got some yeah. great mail that I'm going to get to in a minute. Yes. But first, yes. let me share with you some uh, updates, uh, things to put in your calendar. Okay. All right, this is happening next week, next Thursday, January the 27th, at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's um, the, the Edwards Lectures, they're called, mm-hmm. um, put on through um, money being supported, whoever Edward was, you know, Edwards Gardens. So anyway, bottom line is lecture next week. It's going to be a bit, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be uh, thought-provoking. Oh, really? The lecture is called When Native Plants Are Not the Answer. Oh. Okay, now, now you... Why would this be controversial? Well, of course, this is why I'm going to explain this to you. Oh, um, native plants have been one of the mantras the last few mm-hmm. years that, you know, you would... Native plants should be plants that will withstand our local conditions better than an exotic plant or an Mm -hmm. imported plant. Native plants should be able to handle local pests and diseases just because they've evolved in this environment. Native plants should be hardy and and prepared for the kind of crazy weather that we can have, the Mm -hmm. the strange sort of thing. Makes sense so far. Okay, so Mm. native plants have been the mantra in the sense of you want to garden and you want to garden efficiently and with with things that are indigenous to the area. Exactly, with low maintenance because low maintenance is something everybody wants. Native plants. Mm. Okay. So Belinda Gallagher, who is the uh, now out on her own, but she was the chief horticulturalist at the Royal Botanical Gardens up until recently. So she knows her onions. Oh, yes, she does. And every other thing. Yes, she does. Uh, So she, and the thing about Belinda is she's a real thinker. She asks tough questions. She doesn't just go along with the flow. And that's what I think everybody loves about Belinda. So the title of her lecture is When Native Plants Are Not the Answer. So that should be fun. It will challenge many of our preconceived notions and uh, get people thinking and talking and asking questions. And yeah, you know, not just now going with the flow. when is this taking place? This Thursday, uh-huh. January 27th. Doors open at 6.30. Lecture starts at 7. Members are free, which is a good reason to be a member. 
everybody else has to pay $20 to get in the door. Uh, as you know, Toronto Botanical Gardens is Leslie and Lawrence, mm-hmm. southwest corner, lots of parking free. Well, that sounds interesting. It really does. It will be, actually. I'm going to go. Um, this Monday, mm-hmm. there's a, something going on at uh, the North York Garden Club is hosting their meeting, 8 p.m., St. Luke's Lutheran Church, which is located at 3200 Bayview Avenue. The topic for the evening is how and what to plant for a Four Seasons Garden. All right, so do you know what a Four Seasons Garden is? Well, one that would be uh, attractive at any time of year. Very good. Did I I add limb my way through that nicely? You did good for a sous chef. I'm getting a nod even from David. That's very good. That's exactly what it is. A Four Seasons Garden is one where every plant stands as a, a strong specimen or an important mm-hmm. element of the garden throughout every season and right. adds beauty or adds something to the garden right in every are, season. And the mm. smaller the garden, the more important it is that every plant really has to earn its way. Right. And, you know, none of this just yeah, no, filling no, with sloughing off. No, something you gotta, somebody gave you. Get in and there and be part of the Part of the group. Part of the team. Part of the team, pull, yes. Wait, pull your weight. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank, thanks. <laughs> we're, often, such, we're off on a weird tangent, I'm telling you. You're such a good sous chef, I tell you. Okay, quickly, if I have a minute here. Yes, uh, of I got um, some mail from Laura. Laura spoke with oh, us last week. This is fantastic. She yeah. was the one who has amaryllis and mm-hmm. has her original amaryllis from 1995. And, of course, you know, pointed out to yeah. me how simple it is to keep amaryllis <laughs> growing and looking beautiful, and I was very impressed with what she was doing. And she sent photos, and I tell you, it, she's got some really good looking. Unbelievable! You, you used a term that said, "Don't those look juicy?" And yeah. that's exactly right. They yeah, do. They are. They're oh wow! Really good looking, and uh, I just feel like you know, bright she, red, bright red. Yeah, she could start like a home for for wayward amaryllis or something. <laughs> like maybe I could mail mine to her oh. once they finish finish blooming. I can only ever get leaves. I've never had an amaryllis flower again. But clearly, Laura's got. I've no had problems with my wandering vines. You know, I can never find them. They're always roaming amaryllis. Okay. <laughs> Wayward amaryllis. Why not? Okay. Okay. So, um, and just, I guess, before we go to the break, a quick yeah. mention that minerals are the garden's friends. Yes, yes. But they're good for us, too. Try Sierra Sil. It's a natural mineral formula. It's proven to be effective against aches and stiffness, makes gardening uh, snow shoveling, kickboxing, and all those other activities a whole lot easier. So for more information, one eight seven seven joint 14 or sierrasill.ca. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm the uh, sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, and David Gaskin, our producer, uh, looking forward to your call. By the way, that that little promo for George Junescu's BBSN, Big Band Sunday Night, mm-hmm. what a super show. But that sounds fantastic, the jazz from New Orleans uh, this, uh, this coming Sunday night. I'm going to be tuned in, George. I was okay. just going to say, I'll be tuning in as well. Yeah, darn right. Now, <laughs> darn you're tooting. <laughs> darn tootin'. It's the Garden Show from AM740. Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener, waiting for your call at 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 
888-344-7740. And, of course, to great expense of the company, uh, she has a, a wonderful email, too. <laughs> great expense. <laughs> oh, Franklin. Well, uh, I'm trying to make it sound really important, you know. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if, for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. you're too shy to speak on the phone but mm-hmm. have a question or mm-hmm. want to send photos of, or, you know, sometimes it's an identification question or, you know, something's not looking quite right on a plant and you want to send a photo through for advice, my email address is my first initial C, last name Dobbin, so C-D-O-B-B-I-N at am740.ca. Mm-hmm. Now, remember as well, we are, um, this show is podcast. That's right. So if yes. for whatever reason you can't listen on a Saturday morning, you're off shopping or you're caught up with something else important going on on a Saturday morning where you just can't be near the radio, you can always listen to past shows. It's very simple. Just go to www.itunes.com, download the software. It takes like 10 seconds. Once you've got the iTunes software into your computer, Mm -hmm. then you can search on the iTunes site. Just put in The Garden Show in the search up in the top right corner, and we pop up and then pick a date and listen to the show. It's that simple. Simple as that. I know. So, yeah, that's, that's an option as well. Uh, okay. Now, you're looking at me with, uh, with your eyebrows well, no, knitted I, together. I was, well, I was just thinking, you know, for people who are not gardeners but maybe are being entranced by your lovely voice. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, and mine. And, <laughs> and they're thinking, you know, I would like to get into gardening. How would you advise someone who just, just you know, for the first time starts to get an interest in gardening, uh, how should they approach that? Uh, I know, first of all, you'd probably direct them to the, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, website. Master Gardeners. Master Gardeners, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But how would you recommend, if you were just talking to someone, saying, okay, here's what, here, try with this plant first. And well, you know, we for many people, okay, two ways I think people mm-hmm. often get into gardening. One is because somebody gives them a plant, yeah. and now they feel responsible that this plant, they now have to care for it and nurture it and cherish it and, and keep it alive. Mm-hmm. So it could be an indoor plant, or it could be you know, a neighbor yeah. giving something over the, the back fence. So there's that sense of wanting to keep that plant and and like I say, be it, be a good guide for it. The other way I find people get into gardening is f- through food. They get it. Th- it's this idea of wanting to have control over what we eat, mm-hmm. and so it might start with a, a simple tomato plant or or a simple Herbs, maybe, yeah, yeah parsley yeah. or or something like that or something. You know, if you've got small children, it can start with something that they love. You know, mm-hmm. it could be just some lettuce seeds that are scattered on the surface of the soil. Um, so, the, in my experience, yeah, for a lot of the younger folk with young families, it often is food based that they start getting interested in gardening. And of course, yeah, how do you start? Where do you start? Pretty much depends on your circumstances. Know in your heart of hearts, though, absolutely everybody can be gardening in some way, you know, one way or the other, in a container. So if you even if you're in an apartment like Mm -hmm, you are, or you're in a, you know, the suburbs like I am, I mean, it's serious clay where I live. When I moved in, it was a bit of a, hmm, do I garden here or do I open a pottery studio? I mean, which do I do? <laughs> yeah, it right, it yeah. was like serious clay. <laughs> it's really hard to garden in serious clay because not a lot of plants thrive and survive in such heavy yeah, soil. you have to bring in the proper... Well, that's stuff. right. You either have to take out the clay and replace with something yeah. better or you have to do, like, build the soil into something better, which is what I did because I couldn't afford to take out the soil and bring in new stuff. But... Um, you can always, always garden in a container. So a pot with some good potting soil and whatever that chosen plant may be, whether it's a parsley or a tomato or, a, you know, a Shasta daisy, 
in that pot in whether it's sun or shade, depending, you know, what the plants need and watering by sticking your finger in and feeling, is it time to water? You know, success isn't that hard for any of us to achieve. Keep it simple, you know, start slow and keep it so that, you know, you're not starting with like a rhododendron and right. southern exposure in pure clay because frankly it's not going to work yeah. you know? I always remember God bless the teachers who get the kids started you know, mm-hmm. little bean plant you know absolutely so Toby my youngest guy who mm-hmm. was then about uh, two but mm-hmm. bought a very active two mm-hmm. we get up one morning <laughs> we were living out in the country and uh, came downstairs and he had taken the bean uh, little pot that was on the windowsill that his brother had yes, started that yes. his brother had started mm-hmm. and thought he's got to feed it so milk was <laughs> added and then it well muck and then he added some banana oh good it oh, was nice. what a nice. mess what but, a mess but, but what a nice nurturing well See, yes i mean what was yeah. behind that was him feeling yeah. he needed to look after he had to look after that plant but you speak of those beans i remember my daughter coming yeah. home probably about grade two uh the bean plant in the styrofoam <laughs> yeah. cup That's and right. you know it's about six inches tall yeah. And we had fairly recently moved into our home, so there was still, you know, space in the garden for whatever. So up against one of the fences, I popped that little bean plant yeah. into the ground and watched it grow. Gave it a few strings to climb up. I tell what you, what a thrill, huh? I mean, to see, wow, I ha- I made that happen. You know what? I bet you I got almost a bushel of beans off of that plant. One oh, plant, there you are. one plant. It was amazing. We ate for we ate many bean meals off of that plant. So it was pretty impressive. It all started with a one little seed, one little bean, in you know. One little star from Cup. Well, the distance of a thousand miles begins with one step. And That's... we'll take a step toward our first caller in just a moment. At 9.20, we'll be back here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, the uh, sous chef or undergardener, uh, helping out here in the studio with the phone numbers primarily. 416-360-0740 in Toronto, 1-866-744-740. That's a toll-free line to get through to Charlie. Now, our first caller is from Joan uh, from Brantford. Hi, Joan. How are you this morning? Oh, very well. Good morning to uh, you and uh, Charlie there. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, I have a question regarding our uh, hibiscus tree. It won't stop blooming. (laughs) It's quite branchy. And uh, I had um, called in once before, and you had mentioned to cutting it back in February. Mm -hmm. Should we still cut it back in February? Well, it's interesting you say it won't stop blooming. (laughs) (laughs) Darn. What a problem. Yeah. Well, okay, so yes, you do need to cut it back. The only question is, is when. If it's covered in buds and blooms right now, then I would hold off a couple of more weeks. But if it's just getting so big that you can't get into the living room anymore, then at some point you just have to cut it back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, um, good example would be the hibiscus my mom has. It's big, and it was full of blooms. And of course, same thing. She didn't want to cut it back, but like over a period of the la- even the last month or so, some of the stems didn't have flowers on them. So she very carefully started kind of nipping back the one the, the various branches and stems that didn't have any flower buds in evidence on them. While she was being so careful and gentle, she was taking off like virtually nothing. I mean, she was taking off like a half an inch of plant. I went in there with the chainsaw <laughs> and, you know, 
chopped the whole thing down. Tough to, love. Yes, dramatically smaller than she had been making it just because I know how much it will grow over the next six months to 12 months. Oh, right. So, so um, how far back should we cut it? Well, when you're doing your cutting back, don't be hesitating to recognize that it is going to grow 8 to 10 inches or more even in the next 12 months. And you don't want to have to cut it again because you will be losing, you know, buds and blooms, etc. Oh, to right, be, from disturbing it. Yeah, from if you start chopping, like, you know, in November, October, when you're trying to get it in the house, the last thing you want to do is have to cut it back then because they're always covered in flowers in October, November. So that's the trick is to do your cutting back now, which will cover you till the one year hence. Okay, fine then. All right. Thank you very much for your help. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, then. All right. Take care of all the folks in Brantford for us. Now we're off in a different direction here to Oshawa. Say hi to Nancy. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Hi there. How are you doing? Very well. How about you? Oh, I'm excellent. Oh, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> Morning. How are you, Charlie? <laughs> I can hear you. Oh. oh, you can't hear us? No. Well, isn't that weird? I'll tell you what. Ask your question, and then you're best to hang up and then turn the radio up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have an amaryllis. I brought the brought the whole thing up, and, and uh, all I got was leaves, which is quite all right. I, it's fine. Uh, but I have one that's very green, but she has twins. One on either side of her <laughs> that are growing, and I want to know: Can I take them off now, or should I wait? So I'm going to hang up. Okay, okay. give right. Nancy a second to yeah. hang up and turn up her radio. That's a great question. Her amaryllis has twins, has babies, <laughs> <laughs> daughters, as we say. They're always daughters. Mothers always have daughters, no sons. <clears throat> Was that right? Yep, that's right. <clears throat> Well, well you know why? Fair. Because they're clones, right? The the mother, the main plant, when it sends babies off to the side, mm. they are genetically identical to the mother. So, because they're attached to the mother, ah. so that's why they. So, call where them do the daughters. fathers come from? Um, we bring them in when we need them. <laughs> Frankly, you oh, don't need that many. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> no, it comes this down can, to you talk about controversial stuff here. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> I think we're getting the shaft, guys. Okay. Oh, stop it. <laughs> There's a time and place for everything. I see. Uh, okay, so <laughs> the the good point, Nancy. Good question. You've got a growing amaryllis with babies on the side. Should you separate them now? I probably wouldn't because they, they are growing now. If you want to do that separating and, and instead of having one pot of amaryllis, have three pots, do that when the bulbs are dormant. So they will be dormant come next sort of end of summer, early fall. When you force them into dormancy, if they aren't going dormant already, that's when you can do your separating. Keep in mind, though, little baby bulbs or daughter bulbs like that, they're unlikely to flower until they reach a certain level of maturity. N- bulbs initially will only put up leaves until they reach a certain size, and that size allows them to store enough carbohydrates to p- provide all that energy required to make a flower stem. So, And it's a maturity thing as well. That's to put out flowers is to be fertile because mm-hmm. that's flowers are all about seeds and fruit, etc. So um, so keep that in mind. I think if we go back to what like, if Laura was answering, this question, Mm -hmm. Laura, who sent us the photographs. If we look at one of the photographs, I'd love to post this on on our website. Um, 
it, what she's clearly done is she has left all the daughter bulbs growing with the mother. Because if we look at the photograph, it's just a plethora of leaves and stems. Wonderful, and, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of actual individual bulbs in that pot. So probably my, my recommendation, Nancy, would be to not separate. Leave them in the pot they're in now, unless those daughters are right up against the sides of the pot, you know, jamming right yeah. up against the inside. Then you can go up one pot size. And you would do that, like, again, when the plant is dormant. So that could be next fall, basically. All right. Okie dokie. Thanks for your call. And thanks for your answer there. Charlie <laughs> Dobbin from AM740. As we say hi to Angela in Oakville. Good morning. Oops. I think, hello, Angela. Angela in Oakville. Yeah. Hi. There we are. Good Hi. morning. Good morning. I I waited up all night to, this morning to speak to you because I've got a favorite plant, and it's a Swedish plant that was called November Light, and it took me 30 years to find it in Canada from a Dutchman. And right now, I don't know what's gone on. Uh, it's not a tree. It's just a plant. And... Uh, like a vine, and um, all of a sudden it starts dropping its leaves. The stem itself is still gone, but every leaf is going, and the plant is dying. And I will not get another one because I don't know where. I've never seen one like that in Canada in my life. What do I do? Do I treat, transplant it? Do I fertilize it? It's just dying. Every day, every single leaf is just dropping. I took some of them. Uh, little uh, branches to uh, little, to plant them and they all die. Everything is dying. Oh, oh, quick question, Angela. Can you clarify the name of the plant? You called I it. I don't know. Oh. I don't know, but it's got sort of a silver leaves, and in November, it would shoot out um, sprouts of white flowers all over, and it was called in Sweden. I lived in Sweden. Mm. It's called November Light, and it was beautiful. Mm. It was just full of... November Light, okay. So silver leaves, white flowers uh, in the like in the November time. Well, November yeah. Light, good good name but for my it. Plant, my plant is dying. Why? And I tried everything. I tried... I. Okay. What shall I do? All right, I here's here's my suggestion. First thing uh, I will recommend, I'll tell you, is I'm going to look the plant up so I can be absolutely clear on what we're talking about. But just from a general... Why is it dying? Why is it dying? It could... Okay, it could be dying because uh, it's very dry in your home. No, it's not dry. It's not dry. So you've got no. adequate humidity. I, my favorite one I plant... I watered. I I talked to it. I I love it. Okay. All right. So, with in terms of watering, of course, don't water if the soil is moist. Yeah. Only water if it's dry. When you water, water with room temperature water, not yes. cold tap water. Yes. Do not fertilize at this point. And I don't fertilize. Okay. Do I transplant it? No. Do not even transplant I it. Maybe something wrong. Something at the roots that's causing it. I can I cannot understand why. It would die all of a sudden. I mean, the one thing you can do is you can slip the plant out of the pot and smell the roots. If they smell soggy and, and um, uh, like swamp-like, it could be from overwatering. We sometimes have puddling of water. Root-bound? Is that no, no, thing? No, no. Root-bound is when it's time to repot, but okay. I wouldn't repot on principle. I would only repot if the plant is suffering from, no. uh, you know, sm no. it's smelly and, and soggy and overwatered. September, it bloomed out. 
out of this world. Oh, it perfect. So beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was oh. just like spikes of lights, spikes of um, candlesticks sticking up. Okay. Mm. So it's, and it's just start to die and just start to die. Okay. Well, just keep in mind that after plants flower, all plants, doesn't matter whether it's an amaryllis or your November light or any plant in the world, it after they light. flower... Is it named November Light? Can I get a... Well, I'm going to look it up for you and get report next week on details. November Light? I, I've written that all down. But I just need you to... Um, so I'll you listen next week and I'll have some more information for you. But just for you and, and everybody else... What I do now, I'm so heartbroken because my favorite plant. Um, you know what? I will do my best to help you for... for my n- childhood. For now, keep it in the sun, in a sunny window. Stop watering it, and uh, and or only water if it's bone dry. Don't do anything else, and I will see if I can help you in the next 20 minutes of the show, but I'll certainly see what I can report back anything else next week. Thank you very much, Angela, and we'll try and help you out there. November light. Maybe somebody out there knows uh, the plant that she Maybe. said was based uh, uh, Sweden. Sweden. Sweden yeah. yeah, she knows it from her Swedish uh, from okay. having lived in Sweden. But, but I just wanted to say, mm-hmm. after a plant flowers, all plants, doesn't matter who they are, after they flower, they invariably have a downtime. Mm-hmm. They have to have a, a slowdown, a dormant time. Oh, she might be worried unwarrantedly, right? She might be mm-hmm. doing the TLC thing, like the too much love, yep. uh, where you know she watered a lot in August, mm-hmm. September, and October. After it finished flowering, it needs to slow down. It needs to be basically allowed to go almost dormant. Yep. And the way we do that is we leave it alone. We stop watering. We only water as necessary. It's always good to mist. It's always good to keep the light levels up, keep your temperature quite constant, but do not keep up the same watering techniques, right. you know, watering by the calendar, mm-hmm. never, always water by, by feeling, touch. exactly. Okay, uh, our time is 9.33 here on The Garden Show from AM740, Charlie Dubbin, our master gardener on the site, and we have um, from Etobicoke, a lady with a lovely name, Zorita, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Good morning, Zorita. Good morning. I listen to radio every morning. Go bless your heart. You've got very good taste. <laughs> yeah, but only you need to put on repeat second time the phone number. Easy, I, uh, the people catching, you know. Oh, you want me to repeat the phone numbers? Yeah, more. I mean, I got it already. Right. Okay. But I'll do that right yeah, after. That's, a, that's a, I am from Serbia. I've been living in Canada a long time. Well, how do you say good morning in Serbia? Dobro jutro. Dobro jutro. That's right. Hey, how about that? <laughs> That's right. And have Turkish coffee, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how can we help you out this morning? Uh, uh, I like it gardening, but now I'm living in an apartment. Uh-huh. And last year I have two tomato plants, mm-hmm. bigger a little bit. And last, before that, I have cherry tomato. Whole summer I have tomato salad from my, uh, from my balcony. Mm-hmm, lovely. Yeah. There you go. And you see, it can be done, Frank. Well, there you go. Spice and a winter time, put on a plant inside, uh-huh. and you can have everything fresh. Oh, good. So you brought the tomatoes in? Yeah, uh, not, not. It's already dead, but I, I put on the seeds to grow up this summer. Oh, yeah, good idea. Save yeah. the seeds, yep. Yeah. Wonderful. So did you have a question, or, or you uh, just wish? Last year I got the Christmas cartoons. It's booming, but this year just booming once, and now just, I think, relaxing, taking the break. <laughs> well, it's taking a break. Yeah. It is taking a break, just like our last caller who has that, this plant that is obviously taking a break as well. So yeah, don't I, be. I hear it. I have three books, but um, I already in the boxes because I just moved to a new, new apartment last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell her, mm-hmm. she lots of plants, she likes it in a ceramic pots, not in a plastic. Oh, oh ceramic, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's and a good point. You break it. 
bracket one part ceramic, uh, take the plants out in soil and put them in a bottom and put them plants in a tub. So anytime you put them water in the plants, so easy to drain out. Yeah, good uh, good point. Yep. Yeah, make sure you've got shards in the bottom of the pot. Always make sure there's drainage hole in the bottom of the pot. And like you say, a terracotta pot is often a pot that many, many plants like far better than plastic. That's right, because plastic is not good. Yes, I agree. It doesn't breathe at all. Well, yeah. you know, the t- the one time plastic is good is when you're um, raising plants that love to be kept moist. Uh, coming to mind would be gardenia or azalea. They love to be kept moist. You put them into terracotta and you'll be watering them three times a day. Yeah, yeah. But you try and keep a jade plant alive in a plastic pot and it's hard to do because they, it's too moist for too long and they'll rot. Yeah. So it's you're right. It's the, having the right container and the right soil uh, and the best drainage for our, our different plants. So those are yeah, good points. Lots of plants. I like it. Uh, to uh, maybe once or twice in a week, put a little bit of water in a bottom, not from the top. In the bottom, right? right. Yeah. Yep. Put the bottom mm-hmm. and soaking, and put on paper bag, make a couple of holes, and close the plant so it can relax like a break time. <laughs> a little break time, yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> and we're all going idea. to recess. That's good. <laughs> I like that. That's no, really, that's how people do in Europe. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh, we're laughing, but, but no, you're absolutely correct. That's right. And lots of people, I see it, no, have not, nothing in a balcony. I mean, I wish yeah. I have a little house like I had before yeah. and gardening, but lots of people don't care. I don't know why. Hmm. Well, you know why? Because I think sometimes people here just think it's too hard to do. They don't realize. No, actually, it's lazy. Well, not too. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> why did Charlie look at me when you said that? <laughs> no, that's the truth. I mean, the plants, the plants give you the, like an exercise. Mm-hmm. And like uh, you can have salad, tomato, beans, rice beans or, or different beans or whatever, cabbage. It's easy. And you use as better as the soil. Oh, Zarita, you're great. You know exactly why it's a good idea to garden. Well, I keeps you farm in a euro, but keeps you <laughs> fit. Whole, whole summer, she gave me a headache. She said, Mom, nobody had plants in the balcony, only you, because you're born here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, I'm, I well, agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. We're, we would all be better off with a few plants. Quality of life, the yeah. nurturing, the keeping fit, and the good food that we can grow so easily. So That's thank right. you. And Thanks like for a, that. Like you can have hot little pepper and grow up in the wintertime. You hang up to dry. And any time you cook, just take the... the uh, seeds out, and the skin you put on whatever you cook, it's better. It's healthy. Well, sure. Nice and fresh, yeah. Sarita, yeah. thank you very much for the info and uh, for reminding me to remind folks of the phone numbers a little more often here. Okay, I'll do that right now. <laughs> thank 416-360-0740 you. in Toronto. That's 416-360-0740. And then, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so um, maybe we should take this opportunity for a quick break and yep. then be right back. And be right back here in the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on AM740. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, your sous chef or undergardener, here in the studio with Charlie as we uh, go to uh, a Milton caller. Garrett is on the line. Hello, Garrett. Hello, Frank. How are you? Good, thank you. Good morning. Uh, Hello, Charlie. 
I have a problem with my vegetable garden. I have rotated and rotated and rotated my crops. I'm out of rotating. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I can't add any uh, fresh soil because it's uh, in a very difficult location. Mm -hmm. What can I do other than uh, put in a lot of leaf mold? Definitely, you could put in a lot of leaf mold. Sometimes what people will do is they'll take a... Br they'll actually... As make as part of the rotation, uh, leaving some of the garden fallow and grow what's called a nursery crop on the, the fallow bit, which is usually a crop that will help make the earth better. Uh, it can be a member of the legume family, which can add nitrogen to the soil. It, you know, it can be that sort of a, you know, so in the real crop world, it's things like soybeans and oats that people will often plant to keep the, the soil just better before they go back to the original crop crop. How big is your garden? Uh, I've got 10 rows about 20 feet long. Okay. It's a fair size garden. And you like to fill it full every year with all the different things you love to eat. That's correct. And you have nowhere else to start a new garden. No, I do not have any <laughs> other room. And what do you do now to uh, amend the soil? I, I, I collect a tremendous amount of leaf mold mm -hmm. every winter, mm -hmm. or rather every, uh, every fall. fall. Yep. And I dig that under the garden. Excellent. So I get about uh, two wheelbarrows full for every row. Nice. So I have a lot, but that's about all I do. Well, how do you find your crops been doing? Have you noticed that the quality or the quantity of your harvest has gone no, down? You notice that, no, you notice the tomatoes getting smaller. Yeah. Tomatoes really are heavy feeders. They really do not want to be left in the same spot. I find three years is as long as you can keep t tomatoes in the same spot. And then yeah. you really have to move them out and not put tomatoes back in that spot for at least another three to five years. Yeah, I've done that, that Charlie. I've, I haven't, uh, I've moved them around. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I guess I've used up all of my soil. Well, mm -hmm. the other thing is is that there's uh, so many members of the Solanaceae family, which is what the tomatoes are, like peppers and potatoes, that do that same, you know, leaching or, or taking of the, the soil quality. Exactly, we we yeah. tend to want to rotate our peppers and our tomatoes, but of course it's like not rotating when we do that. You have to really change it up if you're going to rotate. Maybe you should try, try um, tomatoes in containers this year and just don't do any tomatoes at all in the main garden. Just get a couple of big tubs and do some tomatoes that way. Oh, or, that's a good idea. Or yeah. are you more of a I need 65 tomato plants kind of person? Right. <laughs> I, I think I'd probably have to go to that and see if I can. Or maybe put some tomato plants in my flower garden. That's, hey, that's what I do. Yeah. I have tomatoes in the very, well, that's what I've done for the last two years. And this will probably be my last year to be able to pull it off just because it's, I'm coming to the third year. But it's right in the front of my house. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's in amongst some other plants. But these lovely big tomatoes have been coming up beautifully, but it just won't last forever. No, so, I guess they don't. It's, that's the unfortunate thing. I know we always need more, eh? bigger acreages, yeah, yeah. Yeah. more garden, more garden space. Or, or, yeah, really change it up and just maybe if you've got a neighbor or whatever, you can kind of do some swapping of grow different things uh, opposite each other. Uh, and like I said, bottom line, containers do allow us full control over the soil and the environment. So I hear you. That's, a, that's an ongoing opportunity to try different plants. Okay, I'll have to try it then. Thanks, Thanks so Gary. much for your call. Thanks, Garrett. Bye-bye. Good okay, question. Okay, from Milton. Uh, caller here at the Garden Show, 416-360-0740 for Toronto callers. And anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, 
Oh, how about that? I mentioned what a pretty name Zarita was. Now, here is another uh, Zarita on the line. We're going to get every Zarita yeah. within the listening audience this calling From Aurora. Good morning, Zarita. Hi, good morning, you two. How is it going? Good Very morning. Very well, thank you. And are you from Serbia as well? Pardon? Are you from Serbia as well? No, no, no. I'm from the West Indies, Trinidad, to be exact. There you go. Now that I'm listening, I hear your accent. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Lovely name. Thank you. Um, I just had to let you folks know about my weird garden. Hmm. I mean, really weird. You should see the zucchini we produced. Oh, it looks yeah. like something from outer space. Honestly. So I told everybody, I said, come and cut this thing and let's see what happens. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, I, I said, it, <laughs> you know, like, what is this? And when <laughs> we cut it open, I said, do you see any little green men jumping out? <laughs> <laughs> what did your zucchinis look like? Um, it's about two years ago, so it's kind of round and long and... Orange? Or the shape. No, it was green. Oh, they were green. green. Okay. And it tasted good. We cooked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know why that happens. Uh-uh. It's because of cross-pollination. Oh. It's the zucchinis, the cucumbers, and the squashes uh-huh. will all cross-pollinate each other. Uh-huh. And so you end up with these funny f- vegetables, fruits and vegetables, that are a cross between a cucumber and a zucchini and a squash. So, I should have kept the picture and sent it to you. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's usually why it happens. So that's why, you know, going back to kind of that yeah. crop rotation idea mm-hmm. that, we, w- that Garrett was mentioning, that it's just this... Good idea. You want to plant squash, you want to plant zucchini, and you want to plant cucumbers, just make sure there's some good distance between them, because mm. otherwise they will pollinate each other. Yeah, then I had a tomato last year, and I showed it to my neighbor, and her little boy thought it was a baby pumpkin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was it because of the color, or because it was all ripply? No, or? it was all um, yellowy color. It was uh-huh. one of the yellow tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. And he thought it was a pumpkin. That's cute. <laughs> oh. I, see, I love tomatoes that are different colors. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. they're very fun. I mean, they're they're pretty, obviously, but they really throw people off too. They they just don't believe it's a tomato. It is. It, it was good. Yeah. Oh, they and, are. They're um, delicious. Then I planted some beans, and they never grew. So I thought maybe I got a, a bad package or something, mm-hmm. and I got mad and I threw it into the compost. <laughs> and uh, about a week later, I went to turn the compost, and the stupid things were growing. Of course, you know, <laughs> Natural, twenty yeah. bean plants all growing. So you know, weird things happen in the summertime in my yard. But you see, but but it seems like we learn stuff from that too, because yeah. by throwing those beans into the compost, you pr- you provided the perfect conditions for the seeds to germinate. Versus when you carefully planted them in the garden, mm-hmm. they might have dried out a bit, or they might have been dug up by some little mouse in the area, or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, like you yeah. just never know what happens sometimes. <laughs> but there's the compost, perfect, nice and moist, nice and dark, and nice and warm, as you mentioned. So there's mm-hmm. the beans. But did you did you rescue them? Did you transplant them out of the compost into the garden? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, good, and good I for had you. Beans coming out of my ears. <laughs> it doesn't take many plants, <laughs> does it? Yeah. So I, I was saying to my husband. Um, I wonder what the garden is going to do for us this year. Yeah, well, that's what we look forward to. Yeah, little I mean, surprises yeah. along These the way. These cold yeah. winter days. We, yeah. we make plans and think fondly of, of our past gardens and make plans for what's going to happen in the next one. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you for calling in, Zarita. And thank you, folks. Okay. Thanks for those. Okay. Are good co- good comments. I and always appreciate good have stories. Have a great day in Aurora. Well, we are off to Keswick now. Nancy Ann uh, on the line with us. Good morning, Nancy Ann. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, thank you. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Good morning. Now, I had bought a house plant last year, and it's called a Joseph Coat mm-hmm. uh, from the Croton family. And I keep losing a leaf. 
every now and then. Mm-hmm. I, I transferred it to a clay pot, mm-hmm. and I water it um, quite a bit. I am in a dry apartment, though. Mm. Okay, when it loses a leaf every now and then, it's, I would assume, always one of the older leaves. It's towards the bottom of the plant and towards the inside of the plant. Okay. Am I right? Yes. Yes, because those are the older, more mature leaves. It's very normal. Crotons, uh, and as you point out, if you have a dry apartment, crotons do love a, hu- a humid place. Okay. If you've ever traveled in the tropics and you've been into places, some of the places in Jamaica, Trinidad, where you get into the, where it rains every single day for 20 minutes, and Hawaii, crotons grow <laughs> like you know, shrub-sized. So and yes, they're lovely plants as houseplants, and the one limiting factor is our lack of humidity. All so right. if you can mist, uh, spritz a couple times a day, put a, a tray full of pebbles below the plant and keep water in that tray at oh, all times, okay. that will raise humidity. Um, what you're doing is fine. Water as necessary. You can start uh, fertilizing come February once a month, mm-hmm. and that will just encourage new growth. And remember, keep it in a bright light. The brighter so the, the spot. Pebbles, the pebbles beneath with the, the water. Yep, the pebbles beneath with the water are strictly just to raise humidity as the water evaporates around the plant. The, the, all the humidity, the ambient humidity is raised right around the plant as well. All right. But what about a bulb, like um, a watering uh, flask bulb? Um, those, if you're going away on holidays, can be quite effective. Okay. Uh, and they also can be quite ornamental. But if you like checking on the plant, I mean, I think I that's do. that's one of the things so many of us, it's it's kind of, it's part of that nurturing thing. Yes. Every day we feel the soil, while we're feeling the soil, we spritz, we do whatever grooming is required, so any leaves that have fallen we pick up, uh, and the plants... Plants are funny. They know that you love them, I oh, think. They okay. pick right up on this stuff. Okay. Uh, they do like to be admired. Uh, tell an African violet it's ugly, and it'll, <laughs> it'll respond quite poorly. Tell an African violet it's beautiful, and it yeah. will send out all kinds of flowers. Yeah. So it really, it's really, <laughs> Frank's laughing and looking at me like I'm a nutcase. But it's well. true. <laughs> they, well. they pick up on the vibe, I'm telling you. So that's the thing with those watering bulbs is that you can walk away for two weeks, and yeah. that's not what you want to do with your plants. You want no. to be checking on them on a daily basis. Just don't water them every day, right? No. You can spritz every day for sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy Ann. All right. Thank you so much for your help. Have You're a great very day. <laughs> and thank you for uh, tuning in to AM740 and the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, who is doing your exercises I as I speak. I love it when you uh, laugh at my, my recommendations <laughs> well, to people, I yes. tell you. And, but one recommendation you haven't laughed at was my recommendation to take Sierra Cell. That's correct. You have had good experience. I have. Elliot, my mother, even myself. Dolly, yeah. Dolly, frisky Dolly. Frisky Dolly. And myself and Elliot, my partner, we have all been taking our Sierra Sil on a daily basis, and all of us are far less achy, far more pain-free, and far more happy to be active, whatever mm-hmm. that activity may be. Even if it's just getting up to, like my mom, you know, spritzing those plants, she just hovers <laughs> over her orchids and her African violets, and she just does a really nice job with them. They're very happy plants. So for more information about Sierra Sill, you want to be active, you want to be pain-free, sierrasill.ca or one eight seven seven joint 14 
through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost. She's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef Frank Proctor, delighted to be with you on this 22nd day of January as we say good morning to Sharon in air. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Charlie? I'm well. How are you? Very well, thank you. I listen to your program and enjoy it immensely. Oh, good. I have a, well, I have a room full of large plants, Mm. but I have two very, very large oleanders, and they are like, I've cut them back so I could literally get them (laughs) into the room. Uh, Some of the leaves are green and some are crispy, Mm. and I'm just wondering, should I literally cut it right back or just leave it. Okay, well the the trick with cutting something right back because you're right, oleander are vigorous, they're tough, they're used for hedging in the tropics. They grow, you know, like six inches a day almost in the tropics. They grow fast. Um, the trick to doing any radical cutting back is two things. One is wait until our day length is a little bit longer. Okay. So wait until March. March. The other thing is if you cut it right back and it's only going to be maybe a foot and a half tall at that point, do not remove, like don't cut it back to the point where there's no green growth at all. Okay. It's too shocking on the plant if there are no leaves left. It will well, I not didn't mean like literally oh, down okay. to about six inches. No, no, no. I just thought that I would cut maybe about 12, 14 inches off. But you mean do not do anything until March? Oh, well, I how tall water. is it? How tall is it right now? Uh, oh, about seven feet. But oh, I oh my gosh! Quite a bit off to get it in the house. Well, yeah, see, I mean, keep in mind that oleanders flower on their new growth. So if you take a foot off now and then you take it outside in the spring and then it's going to start to form all kinds of flowers come July and August, you're going to have to take another, you know, four feet off to get it in the house and it'll all be in bud and bloom, similar to the hibiscus problem. What I would do is I would in March or, you know, you could do it now if you want, but it's just a bit hard on the plant to take a foot off today and then a month from now take another two feet off because it will start to sprout new growth and you'll be removing that. I, I, I would my my whole point is don't be afraid to cut it back quite radically. Don't be afraid oh. to take a seven foot plant and bring it down to four feet tall. Oh, okay. Just make sure that there are some green leaves left, so that there are some leaves below that four foot point, so that it can continue to photosynthesize and it will sprout new growth. Okay. Now, do you need to wait till March to do that? If you can, I would. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, just because no you'll find it'll grow back very quickly. Also, you'll be able to fertilize it at that point. It's very appropriate to start considering monthly or biweekly fertilizing. What fertilizer would you suggest? Uh, any good all-purpose fertilizer. Many people have their favorite. I mean, Miracle Grow is one that you know is just a a good one as an all-purpose uh, with a flowering plant such as that. We typically look for kind of a fifteen. 30, 15, something with a higher middle number 15, to encourage flower buds. I mean, from way back, it doesn't even exist anymore, was RX-15. You probably remember that. Sounds yeah. like an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> it was owned by the Kiwi, the Kiwi <laughs> Polish people owned RX-15, and, and it got bought out, and they stopped making it. But it was a 15, 30, 15. It was just a good all-purpose fertilizer. So just, you know, that's what you want. You, you want I a quality. 30 plants. That I've brought in very large ones. I bring them in every year. Yeah, you must have a big place, a big solarium to put them well, into. Well, I call it my piano room. I have. oh, lovely. It accommodates it with the shears, and they seem to flourish. So oh, good. 
Anyway, thank you very kindly. Oh, you're very oh, welcome. Thank you, Sharon. And enjoy the day, and certainly enjoy your program. Thanks. Oh, bless your heart. Thank Thanks, you for Sharon. tuning in. And thank Sharon, you, yes. also, I was just say you mentioned there's some crispy leaves. Don't yes. hesitate to run your fingers. Just kind of um, comb the plant upwards. I do, and to, to take them off. Yeah, and I take do. them yes, off and sweep them up. It's very common. Just like, remember the croton collar a few minutes ago? Mature leaves, you know, dying down, no big deal. Right. Okay. Thank you kindly. You're Appreciate welcome. Appreciate for your pro- professionalism. Okay. <laughs> Thanks Thank so you. much. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, one, one more call we can maybe squeeze in, do you squeeze think? Squeeze in, but mm-hmm. it looks like it's another amaryllis call. So here we're going to have somebody else who can grow amaryllis, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> Lloyd from Toronto, you're on the air. Good, Good morning. morning. Good Hi. morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. I have the most amazing amaryllis. <laughs> I got the bulb about four years ago, and it bloomed with six... Uh, flowers mm. on the top well wow. and then last year it grew two little bulbs on the side mm-hmm. and guess what they bloomed we're going to be parents again <laughs> <laughs> congratulations yeah, one is just popping out right now one of the one of the uh, little bulbs that grew on the side is popping out da, now. Da, da, the main da, one is coming up da. and it's about oh i would say about 18 inches high that's great and the other one is just, just starting to shoot up, too. <laughs> I love these stories. It's amazing. That's good. Amaryllis are a really good plant for oh, many people to grow. I just cut it back in the fall yeah. or in the spring when yeah. it finished blooming and wrapped it in paper, newspaper, and put it in a big pot. Lloyd, amazing. I just love your call. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Another shot to Charlie. I, I just love it. <laughs> Anyway, enjoy your program. It's very, very nice talking there. Listen to you every every Saturday morning. Well, well and you feel free to call again and tell me more about how how well your amaryllis are doing. <laughs> I have plants all over my my apartment. They go right around the the whole apartment. So. Oh, good for you. Well, thanks for your call. <laughs> thank you. Okay, and, thank and, you. Uh, Bye bye now. Bye bye yeah. now. Uh, Lloyd from Toronto, they're kind of winding things up here on the mm-hmm. garden show. With what Charlie. a rewarding plant to yeah. grow for so many people. For so many people, <laughs> other than Charlie Dobbin, the master yes. gardener. Oh, shush. Oh, shush. Uh, there's other things I can grow. Okay. It's just amaryllis hasn't been one of them. I can well. grow it, I just can't get it to flower again. <laughs> we have to scoot because Dave's Corner the Garage is just around here. the corner. Yeah, I, I, I don't see Dave Renninger. I see Alan Gelman in there with a the guest, but uh, well, we'll find out what's going, what's on, there. going on there. And thank you, Frank, again. You Charlie, are the best sous always chef I've a ever, pleasure. ever met. <laughs> Thank you. There and are thanks. very few of us around. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Dave, He's super such job. a good help. We'll see everybody next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.